Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're taking a short break from our study of Revelation to look at an important topic for Christians, understanding your Bible. We'll consider some prerequisites for studying Scripture, as well as highlight some very practical ways to ensure our time in the Word is all that it can be. Now, let's join Kurt. Number four, why don't I understand the Bible? What are the qualifications for understanding the Bible? Write down this word, number four, supplication. Simply prayer, but I wanted to have it start with an S, so I put supplication. Supplication. How do we understand the Bible? Listen, we're not talking about context yet. We're not talking about word usage yet. We're not talking about historical grammatical interpretation yet. We'll talk about all that. Okay, we'll talk about how to dig. We'll talk about what the shovel is and what the pickaxe is and how to remove the dirt and how to find the main thought. And we'll talk about all that. Okay, but none of that matters if you're not saved. None of that matters if you're not surrendered to God. None of that matters if you're not serious about it. You can lead a horse to water, but if you don't want to drink, then nothing's going to happen. You gotta, you've got to want it yourself. You've got to want to dig and know and prioritize. And then the Bible teaches that you're going to know the Bible. God's going to reveal truth to you as you ask him to reveal truth to you, which indicates a desire on your part to want to know the truth. Are you asking God to show you? Now, a lot of times we'll talk about the Word of God in prayer, the Word of God in prayer, so you ought to read the Word of God, then you ought to have a prayer time. And listen, yes, that's true. But let me just say this, you ought to pray before you read your Bible. You ought to pray before you read your Bible. And you ought to pray and you ought to say, Lord, I'm about to open your book. Lord, I believe this book to be your word to me. And Lord, I want to follow you with my life. And I want my life to reflect uh, your priorities. And I want to become more like Christ today. And Lord Jesus, I'm asking that you would speak to me by your spirit and show me things about myself. Show me things that I need to change. Reveal things to me that I would not and could not have otherwise known. Oh God, would you show me? Oh God, would you enlighten me? Oh God, would you teach me? That's the way we ought to approach our word of God. Not in some cavalier way, like I'm, I'm just going to get through it today. I'm just going to read it. No, go to your Bible with an attitude of prayer. I'll show you the importance of it here in a moment. Uh, so number four, supplication. The Holy Spirit is the author of the word of God. The Holy Spirit is the author. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable. It's what the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And so the Holy Spirit is the author of the word of God. Literally, the Bible is God-breathed. Moreover, a function of the Holy Spirit and the life of the believer is to reveal the truth of God's word to him. That's one of God's purposes in your life. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal to you what the word of God says and means. That's his job. And by the way, not only to tell you what it means, but to remind you about what it means. You understand that's a primary function of God's Holy Spirit in your life? That's why sometimes when you're just about to do something wrong, that verse comes to your mind. You know who that is? The Holy Spirit. That's why just about the time you're about to make that really bad decision and say what you shouldn't say, all of a sudden, you know, you, that verse pops up. No, that's the Holy Spirit. That's why sometimes you're, you're witnessing to a, an unsafe friend and you're like, oh man, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. And then you, you talk for about an hour and verses are coming out of you and you're like, where did that come from? That's the Holy Spirit. 
He's bringing back things to your remembrance because you're serving God and you want to use what God's given you to bless other people. That's the way it works. Notice a couple of verses. If you would, we already looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at John 16. John 16. The Spirit reveals God. That's your outline. The Spirit reveals God and the things of God to man through the Word of God. So the Spirit reveals God through the Word of God. We already learned that in 1 Corinthians 2. But now look at John 14 and John 16. John 14 first. John 14. And look at verse 26. Where the Bible says the Comforter, Jesus, is going to be on the cross by tomorrow morning. This is late at night. By tomorrow morning, he's going to be on the cross. He's urgently giving last words to his disciples. He says, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. In other words, the words that I have given, the Holy Spirit of God will give to you. Okay, now look at John 16 and verse 13. John 16 and verse 13, same conversation. Later on in the conversation, he says, uh, uh, verse 12, I have yet many things to say to you, but I wish I could spend all night preaching to you, said Jesus, but you cannot bear them now, but how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. So what is one of the primary functions of the Holy Spirit in your life? To guide you into all truth. To show you what the Word of God says and what it means and to remind you of both. To show you what it says and what it means and to remind you of both. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, do you have it there in your notes? Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would guide the believer into all truth. We should ask God to reveal His truth to us. We should ask God to reveal his truth to us. After all, the author of the book is its best expositor. We should ask God to reveal his truth to us, okay? Recently, I, I finished my Life of Christ class uh, at Veritas Baptist College, taught the class. I had 60 students in my class. Okay, I, I gave an essay for a final exam. I should have done a true and false test. That had 10 questions. It would have been a lot easier for me. Not only do I give an essay exam for my final exam, I also I have them write a term paper. So now I have all of these term papers to read. 60 term papers that are seven pages each. So you have 420 pages of term paper to grade. Now I'm going to tell you something. Some of the term papers were awful. Am I right, Mrs. Edmonds? Some of them were awful. I mean, some were awful. But many were good. Some, I'm reading things, and I'm like, I don't understand what in the world this means. Several times I emailed my students and said, you know, what in the world did you mean by this? You know, the funny thing is, what was unclear to me was very clear to them. And these are, in some cases, poor communicators that were doing their term papers last minute, not that any of you have ever done that, and just getting words on a paper to try to get some kind of a grade. Now listen, if a, if, a, if, a, if a Bible college undergraduate student can readily tell us the meaning of his words that he didn't put together in the best possible way, how much better can the God of the universe, 
who inspired the very words in the very way that he wants to inspire them to preserve for us, how much better will he tell you what his words mean? You go to the author of the book and say, Lord, what did you mean by that? Lord, help me to understand that. Do you think that God, whose purpose is to reveal truth to us, God, whose purpose for giving us the Bible was that we might understand what it means, do you think if you ask him that he's up there saying, well, I'm not going to tell him. No, if I have a predisposition to obey it, if I'm saved and I'm his child and I speak his language, if I'm serious about God, I'm not going to leave here until you give me a level of understanding. You know, God is going to answer that prayer. That's the prayer of David. Open thou mine eyes, Lord that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I would challenge you every single time you read your Bible, open thou mine eyes, Lord, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Why don't we understand the Bible? Sometimes we're not saved. Sometimes we're not surrendered. Sometimes we're just not serious about it. We treat it like any other thing. Sometimes we don't pray and ask for God to reveal his truth to us. Number five, and lastly, and quickly, in the final couple minutes that we have. I always say number five, and this is the kin to number three, but a little bit different. Write down this word, studiousness. Studiousness. We're just not studious. Now, I, I know I talked a little bit about this when I talked about being serious about the word of God, but now we're full circle. Now we're full circle to the verses that we already read at the beginning of the, of the lesson. Studiousness. It stands to reason that the casual reader will reap a casual understanding of any given piece of literature. It stands to reason the casual reader will reap a casual understanding. Most people have a casual, cursory understanding of the Bible because that's the only way by which they approach it. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word study connotes, it means, it implies both urgency and effort. How urgent is it for you to learn the Bible? How much effort do you expend in studying it? Those are questions for you. How urgent are you about reading the Bible and studying it, and how, uh, how much effort do you engage in it? To be certain, the student must be a workman when it comes to his labor. We must labor for one reason, to be approved of God. To be approved of what is your purpose for wanting to understand the Bible? God, I want, to, I want to be approved of you. Lord, I want to know what I need to know so I can live the way I want to live, the, the way I, that you want me to live. God, I want to know your word because I want to know your heart. God, I want to know your word because I want to be like your son, the Lord Jesus. Lord, I'm asking you to reveal truth to me because, God, my desire is to honor and glorify you with my life. Oh, God, would you help this book to become part of the warp and woof of my life. I'm studying. Are you studying the word of God? Lastly, the term rightly divide literally means to make a straight cut. Rightly divide the word of truth. It means to make a straight cut. Very interesting. Anciently, it was used to describe straightly cutting a, a farmer's furrow. If I'm planting a field, I want to do a straight line. Why? I'm going to get more crops out of that field if I have straight lines and curvy lines. I'm going to waste ground. No, I want a, a straight furrow. 
A, a straight cut was referred to a, a stonemason's brick. If I'm building a house, I don't want different level brick. And different. I want straight cut brick to build that house uh, in a level way. Or it was also used to refer to a tent maker's fabric. Oh, now we're understanding. Because what was Paul? He was a tent maker. And so when a tent maker would make tents, he would cut fabric in a straight cut. Why? Because he had to join that fabric. You wouldn't make a tent out of just one big animal skin. That'd be a big animal. No, you'd have to cut it straight so that when you sewed it together, it would go together correctly. Well, the Bible says when you study the Word of God, you're to rightly divide the Word of truth. Why? Because all the Bible is to be viewed harmonistically. In other words, all the Bible will help you understand all the Bible. And all the Bible supports all the Bible with no contradiction. And so as we learn to study the Word of God, as we learn to apply it to our life, we need to learn how to cut it straight, learn how it fits together. And by God's grace, over the next five or six weeks or so, whatever it takes us, we're going to learn how to study, how to divide, how to put together the Word of God. And my prayer, my prayer for Faith Baptist Church is by the end of 2019, we will have people that make leap steps ahead in their understanding of, their attention to, and their proclamation of the Word of God. Hey, listen, it all really comes down to this book. What you do with the Bible determines what God does with you. Let's love it. Let's learn it. Let's be people of the book. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.